Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. It was 1983, the summer of 1983. How many of you were not even born in 1983? Some of you are lying. But how many weren't born in 1983? Let me see. Okay. Oh, oh, jeez. Let me get the stool over here so I can sit down. It was the summer of 1983. It was between my uh, junior year and senior year of college, and I, uh, uh, the Lord had placed a call on my life, and I knew that I was going to be going into ministry at that point. And we were traveling, my mom and dad and myself. This might have been the last vacation that we all took together. I'm not sure. Um, because I went off to college and, and, you know, that was it. But anyway, um, we went to Shrewsbury, New Jersey, uh, for a wedding and then drove down the coast and, and, or whatever we took. But my dad wanted to see Liberty College that later became Liberty University. And now this is in 1983. And we have some, some people that are new, uh, new, not new anymore, but they're relatively new to the church that attended Liberty University, but I think they were there in the 50s. So I wasn't, I, I was, welcome to the church. They've been here long enough now. They can get grief like everybody else. But anyway, 1983, it wasn't anything like it is now. It was just at the beginning of st- stages, but I wanted to look into it. And back in, back in that day, they wouldn't accept Pentecostals anyhow. It's all changed now. Uh, but back, back then they wouldn't accept Pentecostal, but we wanted to see it. So I had shorts on and, um, I wanted to change into jeans cause I didn't want to meet people like that. We were on vacation. So I opened my dad's trunk with the key. How many remember when you had to open the trunk with the key? Yeah. Okay. Some of you remember that I opened it up and got my, got jeans out, uh, just put them on over the shorts I was wearing, but I had set the keys down and I went like this and it was too late. So there we were in Lynchburg, no cell phones. You know, that was long before cell phones and, and needed a locksmith. My dad uh, was very gracious and understanding, thankfully, um, in that. So we got the locksmith and walked around. And who would have thought all of those years later that our kids would have gone there and graduated and still live in that area. And my dad, in a godly way, would be so proud and if heaven looks down, he would be so proud that what we stood on, which was not a whole lot in 1983, that it's become what it has become. And his grandchildren have been blessed through that and many others as well. So anyway, the reason we were headed from Shrewsbury down south was because my dad loved Charles Stanley. And I love Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley's great great preacher, I mean, un- unbelievable communicator of God's word, and he wanted to go to his church. So we went down there on Peach Street in downtown Atlanta, and across the street was like a little diner. I don't know what they call them in the South, but in Jersey, we'd call it a diner. And in those days, we wore suits to church, which I am so thankful those days are over. If I never have to wear another tie in my life, I would be happy. But we wore suits. Even at, at my age, I was in a full suit, and we're at this diner, and I'm playing one of those old school video games that you would put the quarter in, and it was a stand-up thing. Remember those, some of you? Okay. It was before you played the handheld games while I'm preaching in church. It was before that. And you would go, and this little boy walks up to me, and he looks at me, and he saw me dressed in the suit, and he goes, are you a Baptist or are you a Christian? 
I said, well, I'm pretty sure you can be both. You can be a Baptist and a Christian and you can be something else. A Bapt- are you a Baptist or are you a Christian? That was like one of the funniest things I had ever, ever heard. And so I just want to go on record as saying, yes, you can be a Baptist and you can be a Christian and you can be other denominations and still be, be a Christian. Uh, we even have some Baptocostals here at our church to God be the glory. The reason I say all of this is because I had read a book by Charles Stanley years ago called Listening to God, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. And he begins that book by saying, I believe one of the most valuable things that we can ever learn is how to listen to God. One of the most valuable things. He goes on to say, now he wrote this book before the complexities of the internet and social media and everything, but he says, in the midst of our complex and hectic lives, still applies today. There's nothing more urgent, nothing more necessary, nothing more rewarding than hearing what God has to say. Do you know God still speaks to us today? Sometimes people say they've heard from God and I'm not so sure. But I believe at the core of everything is that God wants to communicate with us. And here's why. Because he loves you and wants to have a relationship with you. Now, don't jump over that too quickly. The God that we sang about in both of these songs, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, uh, and all of that, that God that created the universe, he took nothing and made something, and only God can do that. That God that sustains the universe loves you, and you can fill in your name there, and he wants to have a relationship with you, and he wants to speak to you because he loves you. What a great gift that is, that God has given us, that he's God, and yet he wants to be with us, and we can always be with him. One of the things when you're dealing with, uh, I won't mention a specific industry, but anytime you have to call for customer service for anything, I'm just not that sanctified. I know I'm saved and going to heaven. It's the sanctification problem. That's, that's what I have the problems with. And you can't get through or whatever. Recently with my, my shoulder, I had x-rays. Uh, I couldn't get a human to get my x-ray results for anything. And I had another doctor's appointment. No, couldn't get a human. Leave a message. This is the new one. And we'll call you back. Remember that? Have you heard that one yet? Yeah. Right, I'm still waiting for that call. If it happens now, I'm going to have to take it. I really am. Okay? But think about it like this, that God that created and sustains the universe is there. That we can talk with him and he with us at any time because he loves us so dearly and so desperately. God wants to speak to us today because he's our good shepherd and he wants to lead us and and give us direction. God knows that we need to hear from him with our lives and hectic lives. That the father that our first, uh, when we're learning to pray, our father, it just, he's he's not, how can I say, the, the mean guy upstairs waiting to throw lightning bolts at you. No, he's a loving heavenly father just waiting for you to come into his throne room and say, hey, I, I need you, Lord, and I just need to spend time with you. You know, I lost my dad several years ago, and I still at times want to pick up the phone and call him. 
and not about anything. That's our loving Heavenly Father. He just wants to spend time with us. Does God still speak to us today? Yes. Does he write on the wall like in the book of Daniel? I mean, I've not seen that. I'm not going to say he can't because he's God and he can pretty much do what he wants, but I don't think that's the main way he leads us. Does he call us up onto the Mount of Sinai or up on the, the top of the church building and write on stone with his finger? I mean, I, I've not experienced that. I'm not going to say that he doesn't or can't. I don't know everything and don't want to limit God. But I do know that God still speaks to us. And the number one way he speaks to us is through his word. Catch this, okay? If you want to know the will of God, know the word of God. If you want to know the will of God, know the word of God. Okay, because that is objective truth. We know that's God's will for our lives. Okay, sometimes we hear things and listen, I still don't get it right, which I'll tell you about in a little bit, listening to God. I want to get it right, but I don't always get it right. There's still a lot of flesh along with the spirit. And again, I try to discern when other people say, well, God told me. I'm usually leery of that when they lead with that to get their own way. You can let that sink in. But his word is always true. And the number one way to hear from God is through his word. You want to know the will of God, know the word of God. He speaks through the Holy Spirit, that still small voice that you can't explain, but you know it when it happens. (laughs) You don't know. It just does. And it comes through relationship. God still speaks through other people. And I used to think he only spoke through wise people, but I found out that he speaks through foolish people too. Wise people he speaks through because they have wisdom to share. Foolish people say such stupid things you realize, wait, I don't want to do that. That's still God speaking. Because what comes out of fools' mouths? Foolishness. But you can still learn. And whatever they say, you might need to do the exact opposite. But you can still learn and God can still use foolish people to speak to your heart and your life. God certainly uses circumstances to speak to us. Now, this is a a terrible analogy, but I couldn't think of a better one to to make this simple point that, and I know some have, and so I'm not being unsympathetic here, but if you lose your job, God is telling you to look for another job. The circumstances is leading you in the direction, and what I think is he will have something uh, better for you. Whether it's financially or not, it's just better for you. And so we would say, you know, the door closed, he'll open another, however it is. But that's still a circumstance. If you, you know, are in an accident and you completely demolish your car, through that circumstance is God saying you need to get a new car. So look at your circumstances and say, okay, God, what what are you trying to speak to me here? What are you trying to say to me in the midst of all of this? Because I know you have my best in mind. And I know you have what's good in store for me. So this morning I want to look at uh, an example in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3 about a young boy named Samuel and how he learned to listen to God. Now Samuel is so important in the Bible, he has two books (laughs) in the Old Testament. That's how important Samuel was. But before he could accomplish God's purpose, he he had to learn to listen to the voice of God. Okay, so giving you some history that we've talked about, Samuel was Hannah's son. Remember, Hannah was barren, but then she beheld the glory of God. Well, Samuel was that answer to prayer, and then she presented Samuel back to God. 
And when she did that, later on, gave her, God gave her more children. I think he gave her three more sons to take the place of the one that she gave back to God because God will be no man's debtor. So he was the answer to the prayer. She gave him back to God, and he was going to be used mightily by God. But before he could be a great prophet and priest, he had to learn something, and that was he had to learn to hear from God. So I'm going to walk you through the scriptures in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Meanwhile, 1 Samuel chapter 3, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. First of all, the boy Samuel means he was, one commentator said maybe 12. Okay, he wasn't really small, but he might not have even been a teenager, maybe in his early teens at this point. He would serve the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, because of the nation of Israel and because of Eli and his sons themselves, messages from the Lord were rare and visions were quite uncommon. And without a vision from the Lord, people perish, right? It was very uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Okay, let me stop there. Point number one, if you want to listen to God and learn to listen to God, the first thing is to be in God's presence. To be in God's presence. That's where we're at right now. And if you've ever been to our online service, you know God's presence is all over that online service. We had such a powerful service today, that was part of the reason that I forgot that you all were sitting here waiting. Because God was working and moving through that. It's not about the place of our body, it's about the position of our heart. His presence is always about that. It's not about you could go into a building that calls itself a church and not experience the presence of God, and you can be in your car, or you could be listening to an online service and experience the presence of God. It's not about the place of your body. It's about the position of your heart. But you need, if you want to listen to God, you need to be in God's presence. Where was Samuel when God first spoke to him? He was in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And the ark of God represented what? The presence of God. He was in God's presence. He was doing God's work. He was keeping the candles lit and assisting Eli. God speaks to those that are serving him, but God can also speak to those that aren't serving him, but he speaks differently. To those that aren't serving him, God will speak conviction or repentance, okay? To those that are serving him, God speaks his love, his word, his wisdom, all of these things. So let's say you've done something wrong, and the the first voice you hear is, oh, you've done it now. God's never going to forgive you. Okay? That's not God. That's the other guy. Okay? One's from above, and one's from below. It's simple discernment. That's not from God. Thou, therefore, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8.1. Okay? Get that verse in there. But God does speak to those. He spoke to Paul before he was serving the Lord but he spoke repentance. Mostly I'm going to talk today about those that want to serve God and want to hear his voice, okay? So the first one is to be in his presence. The second one is to be quiet, okay? To be quiet and not just stop talking, although I think that's important in prayer as well. I think there's something to be still and know that I am God. The Sabella paraphrase of be still is is, is shut up long enough. Here. 
shut up long enough to let God speak. That's all. And even in our prayers, sometimes we can have a laundry list of everything that we need and we miss that part where we just need to be quiet in his presence and allow God to speak and to minister, to encourage and touch our hearts. To be quiet uh, uh, is not just in sleep, but it's also, uh, and not just verbally, but it's taking our thoughts captive. And that is crazy hard to do. And that's something that uh, we probably all struggle with. But we have to learn to control our thinking so that our thinking doesn't control us. Learn, it's something that doesn't happen naturally. You have to learn how to control your thinking so your thinking doesn't control you. Everything you think, not everything you think is true. Remember that. Not everything that comes into your mind is true. You, you, you weed that through the, the, the word and his love for you. But quieting the mind is a very difficult thing to do because our minds are always very active, very active, okay? And this is a simple thought. The more we have going on, the more we have going on in our minds. I mean, does that just make sense? The more that's going on in our life, the more that's going on in our minds. But at some point, we have to quiet those minds so that we can hear from God. For those of you that are, that are, that, uh, were born before 1983, we'll get back to that thought. We used to have radios in the car with a dial. This is a very old illustration, but if you understand it, it's a great one. And you had to just, just get it right to get all the static out. How many of you remember that? Amen. Those that went to Liberty in the 50s, they got that one too. They, they just had that had to tune that in. But in Lynchburg in the 50s, it was only country music anyhow, which wasn't worth listening to. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. That was a North Jersey joke. (laughs) That's funny. You would just have to just... I actually remember when we had TVs with only three channels and that I was the remote. And, and we had, I don't remember if it was UHF or VHF, but some of them were clicks and some of them were just a dot. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes we need to get all the static out of our lives in order to hear from God. And sometimes we got to tune our ear towards him. This is another old illustration. I've got to get out more. This COVID has not been good. I've got to get out more. Remember when, some of you remember, we would go and hang, hang out in malls. Malls are those large buildings with different stores, and you could be inside and still go to all the different places you needed. So you got one parking spot, and you could spend time there. Okay? You remember that? That's a mall. And we had this huge mall when we lived up north, Bridgewater Commons Mall, and there were people just everywhere everywhere. But if my wife called my name, I could hear her voice above all the noise because of the relationship we have. You know what? With all the noise in our lives today, when you have a relationship with God, you can still hear his voice, but often it requires being in his presence and being quiet. Okay, let me keep going. Suddenly the Lord called verse four out to Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, "Uh, what is it? And he got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? 
Eli says, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and went to Eli, and here I am, did you call me? And then it dawned on Eli, and Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. And so he said to Samuel, go and lie down again, and if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. The third point, be in his presence, be quiet. Number three, be teachable. Now Samuel could have said, I'm not going to listen to Eli. And this is literally true. It's a little harsh, but he was old, blind, and fat. Hugely, obesely fat. Okay. And, and God had, you know, brought condemnation on his house because his, his son's Hophni and Phinehas were worthless scoundrels. That's what the Bible says. Samuel could have looked at all of the nonsense going on that Eli allowed to go on and said, you know what, I don't need to listen to Eli. What does he know? He's an old, he's an old guy. He's an old man. They, they say now, somebody called me a gray head one day. Uh, that, that was hurtful. You ever been called a gray head? I've been called a lot of things. Tell you another quick story. I I got an Oculus Quest 2 for Christmas because I'm still a kid. And uh, you go in, it's virtual reality. You go in the virtual reality lobby and then you pick different things that you might want to see. Crazy cool. So my son made my avatar, but the problem was he made it look like me. (laughs) So I go into this lobby. And this kid walks up to me virtually and says, oh, look, we got a grandpa here. It's hurtful, hurtful. So Samuel had every reason not to listen to Eli. But because of Eli's position as high priest and Eli had a heart to be teachable, he decided he could learn from anybody and he would learn from Eli and he would do what Eli told him to do. Listen, Another important thing, not just in listening to God, but another important thing in life is be teachable. If you think that you know it all, you've just established that you don't. Because after you've lived a couple years, you realize you know less now than you've ever known in your life. I tell people when I got out of Bible school 35 years ago, man, I was the best pastor ever. Now, I have no idea what I'm doing most of the time. I trust in the Lord and hopefully make the best decisions I can. Be teachable. When I was in Bible school, they would teach us as leaders, who would you look for to be involved in ministry? And they would use this term. They would say, look for fat people. And and it meant this. You should write this down because this is important. Faithful, available, and teachable. Faithful. Look for people that are faithful in the little things. Because people that only want to move to the big things, you don't want them on your team. Because they're looking for something else besides God's glory. Faithful. Faithful in the little things. Available. You, You know who gets the most done is the busiest people. That's why the busiest people get asked to do all of the things. You get that? Available. 
I'm available for whatever the Lord wants from me. And the third one, teachable. Teachable. I can't tell you how many people I've had uh, through the years in, in ministry that they already knew everything. So I thought, no need for me to take my time. If you already know everything, then there's no need for my time. Because I need to find people that are teachable that we can learn from one another. If you want to hear from God, listen to God, be teachable. Now watch how this relates to our beliefs in the gifts of the Spirit. I, I believe discerning of spirits has to do with an understanding of prophecy that's true, tongues and interpretation that's true, word of wisdom that's true, word of knowledge that's true. Because we believe that God speaks through these gifts still today, you have to have a teachable spirit or you're going to run around thinking you're better than everybody else, which is my next point, and saying, well, God told me and I don't care what you say. Careful. Careful. Actually, if you look at those nine gifts of the spirit, you'll see that discerning of spirits comes between prophecy and tongues and interpretation. You have to, that's what discernment is. Okay? It's not being able to look into someone's life and judge them. <laughs> it's being able to discern the spirit of God and helping other people. You cannot have that without having a teachable spirit. What you will have in a congregation that doesn't have a teachable spirit is you will have 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, were they Pentecostal? They were Pentecostal. And they were a disaster. Right? They allowed things to go on that are unmentionable in church. They got drunk during the communion service and ate all the food before the working class could get there. They fought over every little thing. Who's more important? Silas more, or uh, uh, I forget the one eloquent preacher, or Paul, or, uh, you know, or, oh, we're, I like this, I like this little group in the Corinthian church. Oh, we're followers of Christ. Well, aren't you just more spiritual than everybody else? But you're still making divisions, the reason that they had that is because they were prideful over their gifts and not thankful for the grace of God. Teachable. Teachable. All right, let me keep going. Samuel had a heart to learn. If you think you know it all, that's all you'll ever know. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing. We're in verse 11. I'm going to carry out all my threats against Israel and his family from beginning to end. I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God. This is God speaking to a 12-year-old. I'm about to take out the high priest. He has his, uh, his, bla his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed that the sins of Eli and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offerings. Samuel stayed in bed until the morning. Then he got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. So he hears from Almighty God that God stepped over Eli. God didn't speak to Eli. God spoke to the 12-year-old Samuel. What does he do with this information? Write a book, uh, a video podcast, uh, Facebook, whatever. No, he goes back to sleep because he was afraid to tell Eli what he was going to tell him because he loved Eli. Eli had raised him. From the time he was weaned until he was 12 years old, Eli was his spiritual father. 
So he stayed in bed until morning, and then he went and he did his normal routine of opening the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to tell Eli what the Lord had said to him, but Eli called out to him and said, Samuel, my son, here I am, Samuel, reply, verse 17, what did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything, and may God strike you and even kill you if you hide anything from me. Wow. So Samuel told Eli everything, and he didn't hold anything back. It's the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. But I want to look at Samuel's response here. So we have be in God's presence, be quiet, be teachable, and this one goes hand in hand, be humble. Be humble. Because God speaks to you, don't think that you're better than anybody else. Because you're not. Okay? God has given me the privilege of being a speaker, to being a preacher, to share the word of God. But I certainly don't think I'm better than anyone else. In fact, when I look at many of, many of you in this congregation that has served God so faithfully for so many years... I continually, week in and week out, feel inadequate other than the Spirit of God. To lead this great church is beyond what I can do. It's not about the gifting. It's about the heart. Samuel could have gotten proud and said, oh, I'm going to be the new leader and I'm the man and, and all of this stuff. Listen, anybody that desires to be the leader, be careful of. Anyone that has to remind you that they're the boss time and time again, be careful of. Because what leaders have is sacrificial. And through sacrifice, we gain influence, not power. Godly leaders don't pursue power. Sometimes God gives us power to accomplish his will. But if you pursue power, then you're not a leader. You're a boss. And you might have power over someone, but you don't have influence. And once you're done in that position, you'll have no more influence in their lives. And can I just tell you real quickly, you have to remember that as a parent as well. If all you have in your children's life is power for when they're young because you're bigger than them, you'll have no influence over them later in life. Okay? Power is not the goal. Sacrificial service Gaining influence is the goal. We had a neat thing happen this week. Joseph, um, um, he texted us and he said, hey, I got, uh, I got some uh, decisions I have to make. All good. Just some, you know, middle age. He needs middle age people, you know, between insurances and leases and rents and, you know, middle age stuff. And he says, hey, can I call you later because I need some counsel. That was like the sweetest thing I'd ever heard. 28 years old, full-grown man, been out of the house, I don't know how long, served in the military, traveled the world on missions trips, studying to be a doctor, and yet he, he wanted to talk to us. And if your kids are young and the sleepless nights are getting to you, listen, it, if you sacrificially love them, the influence you'll have later in their life, you won't even remember those times. It just all comes together. Anyway, humility. Be humble, and God will speak. He rejects the proud, but he speaks to the humble. Samuel didn't respond by saying, I don't want to hear from you, old man. You don't speak my language. You don't understand me. I've grown up different than you. 
You don't understand the technology that I take for granted. You don't understand what I go through. Or if he was older, he didn't say to the younger generation that, well, you know, you don't know what you're doing. You don't understand what I've been through. No, humility is the key to relationships. That we're not better than anyone. One generation's not better than another one. It's just different. And one human being is not better than another one. One gifting is not better than another. It's just different. Be humble. Lastly, be patient. This was the hardest one to type out. Like literally, like typing the word P-A-T-I-E-N-T was hard. Be patient. Because everything that God told Samuel didn't come to pass right away. And that even when God speaks to us, and we know that it's Him, confirmed through His Word and confirmed through other people, even when we know it's Him, it doesn't usually happen immediately because He wants us to continue to walk by faith and not by sight. And He'll bring it about in His time and not ours. And how many know God is the slowest mover in the universe? And yet, His timing is always perfect, right? So be patient if you want to hear from God. As Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him, and everything Samuel said proved to be reliable. So let me draw this to a conclusion. God wants to speak to you because God Almighty loves you. God gave, he wants to speak to you because he loves you. The second application is you don't have to get it right the first time. God will give you more times. Isn't that great? How many have missed the voice of the Lord? How many have been in a situation, you kind of knew the Lord was saying, you know, say something, do something, or keep quiet. That's usually my problem. Usually he's telling me to keep quiet and I open my big, and I open my big mouth. But anyway, you get that and you say, oh, and you walk away and you're like, oh man, I missed it. Can I give you good news? He's not giving up on you. He's not giving up on you. He'll give you another opportunity. And I've had times where I've missed it and said, God, just give me that opportunity one more time. And I'm telling you, I promise I'll seize it. And he's given it and it's, it's happened. So listen, we've all missed the voice of the Lord if we've been serving the Lord. None of us are 100% perfect in hearing and discerning and acting on the Lord's will. Isn't it exciting that he called Samuel three times and he missed it, but he didn't stop at three. It was the fourth time that he got it. Isn't that great? Don't be down on yourself. God loves you. God loves you. He wants to speak to you, and he knows you don't have it all together. And if you have... If you go into his presence and you be quiet before him and, and you're teachable and humble and patient, he'll give you more opportunities and you'll begin to learn the voice of the Lord. Just like if we were in a busy mall and my wife above the noise, not screaming, but I could hear my wife's voice because of the relationship we have. You can have that same relationship with God. And I need that. I need to hear from God. And I'll close with this. Pastor Jim was our youth pastor, and it was time for him to plant a church. And I knew that he had outgrown his role here at, at the time. It was Malaga Assembly. And so I talked to him about it. And I said, you know, I know God has given you more gifts, and I'm not planning on leaving. And so your growth will be stunted here under my leadership because, you know, I'm not leaving he would have been able to, if God was transitioning me, he would have been able to pastor this church. But that wasn't what God was doing. And so we talked about it and, uh, and um, he was a little taken back at first. And then he talked to his wife and I had an area in mind, which was that 40 corridor, which was Landisville. 
And it turns out that his wife had been driving through that area and God spoke to her heart about planting a church. And then I had talked to him about that area and confirmation brought that on and, you know, through everything. And I remember praying for him right here and saying, more than anything else, God, help him to hear your voice. Because that was the most important thing. And you know what? More than anything for else, else for you today, know that God loves you. Know that God wants to speak to you. And I pray that you can learn to hear God's voice. Because God's voice is good. And he has good in store for you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.